Hello friends and a happy new year. I hope you've had the most incredible break and a really fantastic start to your 2023. Today on the Dance Principles United podcast, we thought we'd do something a little bit different. A few months ago in October, Beck and I had our mentor and our coach join us um, for a special guest expert session inside Dance Principles United Tribe. We were so thrilled to invite our mentor, Jill Stanton from Millionaire Girls Club onto the tribe and she helped our members, you know, talk about their money mindset and smash through some of the limiting beliefs they have, you know, to really empower themselves to be the entrepreneurs we know that they all can be and want to be as well. So we hope that you um, enjoy this special recording today. We have broken it up into two parts. So part one today, and then you'll have to tune back in next week for part two. Hope you enjoy it. Hey friends, happy Friday. We are so excited to have you guys here. Um, we are super pumped. Make sure you mute yourself. A few people coming in um, unmuted would be amazing, please. Um, but we are so excited um, to be here and joined by the incredible Jill Stanton. And <laughs> <laughs> she's super excited she's looking very sunny over there in the lovely <laughs> islands we are very jealous <laughs> but um tribe fam um you know jill is an absolutely incredible entrepreneur um she's been an entrepreneur for a long time in so many different businesses she has um she was the founder of screw the nine to five which you might have heard of um wealthy course creators and now millionaire girls club which who doesn't want to be in a millionaire girls club? Let's be honest, that just sounds incredible. All these dudes. <laughs> All of these people, except a couple of the guys in here. But they're used to being in the world of dance surrounded by girls. Um, Beck and I have been working with Jill. Um, we've just done like an intensive 12-week session. And it was absolutely incredible. That was what got us off the ground to launch um, Studio Growth Club, as well as um, our new expo that we've got coming up. So we're so thankful for everything we've done with Jill. And Jill's superpower is helping business owners shift mental blocks by giving them a loving kick in the ass and a whole heap of truth bombs. So it's been incredible. Thank you for joining us, Jill. We're so excited. I'm so pumped. So I'll just preface it that normally when I come on and do these things, my girlfriends say I Jill yell at people, but it's always done from the heart. And it's really just <laughs> because I'm a big talker. So I apologize in advance if, if I get a little sassy. I feel like our members have heard so much about you, Jill, that they already know that because I always <laughs> talk about you and how you come on and how much you've changed our life in that sense. So I think they're going to be all over that. The first time Beck and I did a solo session, her partner, Tim, came in afterwards and goes, my, she's direct. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, yes. about you. <laughs> that's what I love though. I love that. And I think we all need that in our life. Someone who just tells you how it is mm. for sure. We all Amen need to that. that. 
Yeah, so we're going to open the floor to some questions in a little bit, um, Tribe Fam. But, you know, Jill has a big connection to Australia. She's lived here and her hubby is an Aussie. Is he from Queensland? Yeah, well, born in Sydney but raised in Queensland. Yeah, wonderful. So her hubby and she's like, she gets Australians. There is no doubt that you get Australians and what it's like. And one of the big things that Jill's helped us with and that we're all still working um, through without a doubt is that tall poppy syndrome. It's a big thing, right? So tell me, like, how do you find Australians with this tall poppy syndrome thing? Well, I think it really just comes down to, well, you guys tell me, do you vibe with like not wanting to toot your own horn because what will someone say about me if, or will they judge me or will they say mean things about me or will they call me out on social media? Does anyone jive with that? I've watched my husband navigate that. My sister also lives in Australia. And so she's kind of picked that up through Australian osmosis. Um, and I, I noticed these patterns with her as well. But I think what really happens when when we allow that to really dampen who we are or just hinder who we are, we do our clients a disservice, but we do the biggest disservice to ourselves because we really dim our own light. And we kind of, like I was saying, like hamper our own success and our own bigness because we don't want to seem like we're too much, especially women. Like it, do any other women vibe with that? Like how many times were you told you're too loud, you're too quiet, you're too much, you're too bossy, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too pretty, you're too ugly, all of that nonsense, right? And so it just gets ingrained in us and we start adjusting our behavior and the way we think and then feel, which determines our actions and our results based on what someone else might think of us. But I think the real damaging piece around that like, especially in a long-term view is one, we'll never actually know what someone truly thinks about us. Right. And two, we can never actually control how someone views us, experiences us, feels about us, says, says what they say about us and any kind of thing like that. And so when you kind of dip into trying to control that, what you're really doing is dipping into people pleasing. And then that's a whole other layer um, that just kind of just like minimizes who you are and what you're here to do. Mm, that's so, so true. And Jill, you're always telling us to be less Australian. Be less Australian. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to say to a, a room of Australians that I've said you should be a bit more American, but <laughs> it would serve you guys a little bit. To, and I'm not even American. I'm Canadian. So don't hit me with the yank stuff. But it would serve everyone a little bit more to be a bit more boastful. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's so hard for us as studio owners as well because we've talked to you about this, but they've got their clients there. And I keep saying to you, our parents, and you're like, what do you mean your parents? And then you realized I meant the clients at our studios. But like yeah. those, we have them around us all the time and we feel like with them as well, we can't boast or can't earn money or can't do all the things because they're constantly surrounding us. Hmm. I think that that one is a real mindfuck. Can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> that one's a real mind fuck to navigate because you want to keep your clients happy, but you also want to expand and grow your business. Mm. And I would actually venture to say that if you were to talk to the parents in like a straight on fashion, not like them chirping on the internet, um, they would want you to expand and grow your business because it better serves their kids as well. 
Like they get a better experience as your business expands. You bring on more help. You have more resources. You can do bigger things in your community, with your clients, with your family, all of that kind of stuff. And so it serves everyone for entrepreneurs to expand and grow and constantly evolve into the next level of ourselves. And if people who are rooted in victim mentality or just aren't awake to, you know, the transformation work that so many of us entrepreneurs do, because how many of us feel like you are in the most hardcore personal development program ever running a business, right? Like you are just constantly changing who you are. You're constantly evolving. You're constantly learning. You're constantly transforming. And someone who isn't in the ring doesn't really get that. And so then they kind of chirp you around like, well, you shouldn't be, you should be running your classes more. You should be more present at the studio. And you're like, bruh, I'm sitting here trying to run a business, not just like coach five-year-olds, you know? And so it's also allowing yourself to separate yourself from their opinions while also maintaining the integrity of your business and what you're here to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that we so find like as studio owners and tell me, can you guys write in the chat? We'd love to hear from you as well. You know, who's been worried about driving in with that new car to the studio or (laughs) I can see Katrina laughing, the new car, it's always that thing, right? Or, um, you know, them finding out where you live and they know that it's that fancy street or whatever that is. Who's felt like that as a studio owner that we we get worried about that? Yeah, Brianna, Gemma, yeah. So many. Can I ask, can I ask why you guys worry about that? Like, what is it really? I want to know like the root of it. I'd love for someone to, who would like to, Katrina, do you want to, you're on my screen. Can I unmute you? Would you like to talk about it? Yeah, um, I guess really it is um, what people think about you and what they say behind your back. Um, And I guess justifying your own self-worth of that it's okay to have that new car or it's okay to live on the strand with the sea view that I now have. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing I, I know for sure is it matters who you surround yourself with, right? And as business owners, you have to surround yourself with expanders. You just have to. Mm. It's how you continue to think bigger. It's where you get the guts to go for things. It's where you can feel safe around people who don't vilify large amounts of money or high profit margins or wanting to hire more people or wanting to expand or wanting to serve the community better or wanting to splurge a little bit or wanting to donate more or whatever you want to do in your community or with your money in general. Like you have to be around people who match your future. You can't just allow your parents and your clients to be the main voice in your ear because they want you to stay the same right? Like how many of your clients want you guys to stay the same? If you didn't grow, they'd be totally cool with it. Yeah. Right. Because then nothing changes for them, but everything changes for them because if you don't grow, your business starts to shrink and that's what they don't see because they're not in the game. Yeah. Right. And so taking their stuff with like a grain of salt and just being like, thank you so much for your feedback. And then in your head being like, that. you know <laughs> what I mean? And just like now, nah. and then getting yourself back around expanders. That's why SGC is so important. That's why tribe is so important, right? Mm. You're with people who get it, who understand the sacrifices, who understand the ups and downs, the emotional turmoil, the money, the clients, all of that. It's the best thing you could do is to be in communities like this or in studio growth clubs so that you can be around people who think the way you want to think. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
So, um, so true. I can see Matt saying, yeah. um, is that what you're going to go into, Beck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so a couple they, of people saying it. A couple it. of people say they actually don't feel guilty to their clients. They feel guilty to their staff and worried that their staff think that they're not paying them enough if they're living some sort of bougie lifestyle. And that's such a hard thing, right? Um, I have what is probably a very unpopular opinion about this. So they, your staff is not, your staff is making what they're making because that is their current level of growth and expansion, right? And so they are getting paid what they are in proportion to what they're bringing to the marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. It is the business owners who are taking all the risk, yeah. are going through all the emotions, <laughs> right? Like how many of us navigate about 57 different emotions every single fucking day, right? Like, I, don't even know if, <laughs> I don't even know if you're in the game if you're not like wanting to quit at least 20% of the time. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, your team doesn't get paid as much because they're not contributing or growing or expanding or doing the things or taking on the risk that you are. And therefore you deserve to be well compensated for it because it was your vision. You have the follow through you're hiring the team. You're the one responsible and you've been the one who has put your neck out there. Who's marketed your business, who has gotten the clients who has dealt with, I don't know, rent raises or unhappy parents or stage moms or whatever it's going to be, you know, mm -hmm. unhappy reviews, all of that. So yeah you damn well deserve to get paid more than a teacher who's going to teach five hours a day or whatever it is. And so it's just like, I don't know. This is where my like Jill yelling comes in, where my like level of sass comes in. Cause I'm like, you could definitely make that much if you wanted to, but you don't. And you continue to teach. Yeah. So yeah, that's, right. that's my opinion on that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I also think like, I think we've got a question, are staff actually saying that to us or are we making those thoughts up that staff are saying that? Because like, you know, they're probably quite happy doing what they're doing potentially and loving it. I don't know. And I feel like sometimes we just make up that stuff in our own head that our staff are saying that, that people around us are saying it. I always say to my staff when they've got a complainer, how many people actually complained out of 600? Two? Cool. Yeah. That's not a huge amount. You know what I mean? Like, and think about that with your staff. Like, yeah, I think it's so easy for us to make up what other people are thinking. Yeah. And most of that is because we don't feel like we're worthy of it. Right. So we're like, oh, they don't think I'm worthy of it. Oh my God, they're mad at me. But really, how many of you think your staff actually wants your business to do well? Because then they have a job. Yeah. right? They want you guys to do well. They want your business to grow. They want your studio to grow so that they can have more hours so that they can make more money, right? Because employees are employees for a reason because they don't actually want to go through the ups and downs. It's only the crazy few, like all of us who actually want to put ourselves on the line. Like we do day in and day out. Mm. Most of people, most of the people do not want that level of responsibility and they do not want that level of pressure. And because of that, they get paid proportionate to what they contribute. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Did that really hit home for a few of you? Because I know that's such a big thing. And we speak to studio owners all the time, Jill, and this might be something that you aren't aware of. And their staff are getting paid significantly more than them, significantly all the time. And it's such a hard thing, right? Okay. How many of you feel resentful for that? Anyone? 
<laughs> back is like, I'd be like me. I feel very resentful about that. Yeah. I'm the lowest paid on your books. Okay. How do you guys feel about that? Like, do you think that as the studio owner, the one who is taking all the rest, doing all the things, running all the books, running the team, filling, doing the marketing, doing the sales, like all of that, do you feel as though you deserve to be the lowest paid? No. The highest skilled and the lowest paid? Mm. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right? You deserve to be well compensated because you are in the ring every single day. And if it's a mismanagement of money, then that's another great conversation. Start. This is something I did five, started maybe five months ago. I think I was, does anyone know attachment styles? I'm about to go on a on a tangent. Does anyone know about attachment styles? Okay. I just was saying to these girls, yeah. start reading on attachment styles. So attachment styles are essentially how you were taught to receive love and comfort as a child, right? So if you ever had a parent like check in on your needs, which most of us didn't really have parents who were like consciously checking in on our needs, right? So the book I was telling these girls is called How We Love. Anyways, attachment styles. Um, where was I going with that? We were talking about self-worth. About self-worth and people, um, you know, not earning more than us. Stuff, not more than them and then feeling, yes. yeah. I'm going to come back because I've completely lost my train of thought. Damn it. <laughs> I'm talking about oh, tracking money, tracking money. Okay. So I was an avoider around this. I was like, it's fine. We make a lot of money. It's all good. There's more than enough. We're always making money. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. And then I started tracking every single dollar. You will become aware real quick of where you're wasting cash and you could either clean that up for yourself, have higher profit margins, pay yourself more, do whatever you want, make different investments, whatever you want. But that starts with you actually managing money and being a good steward of money, not just a great maker of the money, but a good manager of the money. And so you should not be the lowest paid person because that builds resentment. So mm. this brings me back to where I was going. Does anyone feel resentful at all that you are paid, not paid what you want to be paid or paid lower than your team. Where do you think, what do you think the vibe is or the feeling that is beneath resentment? What do you think is the driving emotion behind resentment? Unworthiness. Unworthiness. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? No, I didn't get it either. I, jealousy. It's jealousy. And when I was asked this, I thought it was fear and, I, and anger. I was like, well, it's got to be frustration. And the coach I was talking to was like, no, it's jealousy. And you resent them because you are jealous that their needs are being met above yours. Yeah. And so anytime we feel resentment, whether that's to a team member, to a parent, to a business in general, whatever it is, it's because you're not speaking up for your own needs. You're not standing ground and staking claim around what you want to experience for your business in your life. So often we make it about, I need to take care of everyone. We need to take care of ourselves first, mm. because if we are well taken care of, if we are well resourced, then the ripple effect we have in our communities and for our teams and for our families is so much more noticeable than if we are to dim ourselves, keep ourselves disempowered, and let everyone else have all the spoils. Does mm. that make sense for everyone? What I'm trying to say? Yeah. I love this so much. And I actually 
even this week changed my timetable around because I realized how much my ballet teacher is making and you all know how expensive ballet teachers are. And I was like, does she really need to do these eight extra hours on a Saturday or is this really unnecessary? Not just for the kids, but for the for her, but financially for me, I'm going to save like $800 a week. And those classes Whoa. were so small and just had like, it was so unnecessary. And I think we do that as well, Jill. We like give to the kids and go, oh, I need to have 10 classes on for my senior ballet that's making absolutely no money. When I worked out how much I was losing on those classes per year on a Saturday, it was nearly $10,000 a year losing. That's not even like, that's that's not even the rest of the week for ballet. That's literally just Saturday. So I think like, you know, prioritizing that is so important. It's huge because you won't be able to unsee where the leaks are. Mm. You know, which, which sounds scary. How many of you are like, I don't want to do that. Like, I love being in In the dark. Like, I just love my, (laughs) I love being blissfully unaware. Mm. Um, It is the most empowering thing you could do for yourself to know exactly how much you're making, where it's going, how much is profit, what to pay to taxes and how much you can pay yourself. Like that is the sign of a true empowered business owner and a thriving business. Mm. So it's not about like, oh, what will people think of me? It's like, I am doing everyone a service by starting to manage this better. Yeah, it's so, so powerful. And I guess that moves us on to a whole, you know, big range of money mindset, because that is something that as studio owners, so many of us struggle with, is that money mindset and that being worried to ask the client for more money. You know, we Mm. all know that we offer this amazing service. And What generally happens, Jill, is is we offer an amazing service and our class, you know, fees are great, but then so many of um, our members here in Tribe talk about that they're so scared to ask them for that additional money, for that extra rehearsal, you know, for that performance, for the costume, for the uniform, and they're worried to be making a profit on that as well. Mm. Who feels like that? Do you want to put that in the chat if you've ever felt like that? We'd love to know. I think when it comes to that kind of stuff, like, that's boundaries, standards and boundaries. Mm. I'm becoming bigger and bigger and bigger on this, like standards and boundaries that, that teaches people how to treat us. Mm. It gives them like guidelines of how to interact with us. And if you just communicate a boundary or a standard or a price increase or anything, and you say it without emotion and just like straight up, this is how it is. People will either choose to opt out of that or fall in line with it. But it really just comes down to you communicating a boundary and not feeling the guilt around it, right? Because I don't know, like maybe some people won't like it. Cool. They'll go find another studio then. You don't have to be everything to everyone. Mm. I would venture to say that your business becomes a lot more enjoyable when you only work with the people who respect your standards and boundaries and will actually fall in line with it and enjoy the experience of dancing in your studio. You know, like it's a win, win, win for everyone. It's a win for you. It's a win for the parent and it's a win for the studio. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Jess, do you probably the kid too. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Jess, do you want to unmute yourself? We'd love to know about, you know, how you feel that just like that constant need to justify the cost of everything. 
Morning, guys. Sorry, I am driving kids to school, so I don't have my camera on because it would be a bit illegal. But um, yeah, I do have this constant thing that I need to justify if we're putting our fees up or, you know, like, so that would have to come with a blurb as to, you know, costs are going up, rent is going up, or even just like prices or things like that. It's like, I feel like I have to explain and um, I don't know why I, I know I have like yes a lot of the stuff that you're saying with the wanting to um, have everyone's approval and keep everybody happy but even going back to that notion of if you drive a new car or you live somewhere fancy straight away for some reason my brain goes to the parents are thinking god she's charging us too much look at how well she's doing now from all our money like it's always yeah, it comes back to that circle of pricing and costs and I need to justify, like, because I don't want to, I don't know, upset anyone, I guess. I think that can really come down into, like, tell people what you want them to think, right? Like, just use strategic messaging for this kind of thing. Because I actually see a lot of businesses raising prices right now because of the clusterfuck of an economy that we're all in. And so it's just par for the course right now. You know, I, I mean, Zoom or Boomerang or, you know, ClickFunnels or ad costs or whatever else that are hard costs in our business, all of that stuff is going up. And I'm not like, fuck you, ClickFunnels. You know, I'm just like, oh, okay, like that sucks, you know, but it's just the cost of doing business. And so they don't have to like it. They can easily opt out. But I would venture to say that a lot of studios are going to have to do this because of how things are going right now with the economy. Like it's not, you're being an asshole because you're raising prices. You're just falling in line with the current landscape of what's happening, mm. you know? And so we don't have to make it mean like I'm bad. People will hate me. And also if you do raise your price, like how many of you would love to make more money, but with less people, anyone? Yeah. All of us. Why not? Right. Like make more money with less people. So then you have more space to bring in new people to make even more money, you know? So allow those who are not going to opt in to opt out, right? Like they can choose to leave the studio or to cancel if they really want to, but you are going to set the standard and boundary for you and your business and the kind of service you want to provide for people or for the kids who come in and dance. Mm. So it's just like line in the cement. This is how it is. I totally understand if this isn't for you anymore. We wish you nothing but the best. Now, you have to make your own decisions, right? Like it's your business. You have to run it. You have to be on the line for it. But if it were me, that's how I would approach it. Yeah. I would love to do a quick exercise that someone walked me through and I was just like, boom. And it's all about money. Do you mind if I like kind of veer off? No, I love that. Love it. Okay. So okay, cool. Um, okay. So. Answer this question as if you are money answering me, okay? You are money and I'm going to ask you this question and you are going to answer me, okay? What is it like to be in a relationship with me? I am asking money, what is it like to be in a relationship with me? What comes up for you? Oof, it's a big question. It's a biggie. I like bawled my eyes out when I did this. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> that's not, such a hard thing and don't overthink it just what came up for you oh interesting confused unreliable 
tight, frustrated. So you are, I am asking you as money and you are answering me as money. Toxic, judged. You don't respect me. That's so big. Do you want me or not? Isn't this big though? Yeah. Did anyone expect any of these answers? What came up for me when I did this is I'm never enough for you. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm. Like, that's big. Because I thought I was like, oh, my God, I'm so abundant. And then I did this thing and I was like, mm. <laughs> okay, I want to see some a few more. Don't shy away from this because this is the work. Confused. Abusive, ooh, unreliable, frustrated, don't respect me, judge, toxic, do you want me or not, unaware, feels like luxury, confused, I want more. It's so big, right? Because there is our core wound. Now you know how you really feel about money and what it's like to be in a relationship with you as money. And if money is an energy, which it is, right? then we need to get in alignment with the energy we want, like the energetic signature of how we want to experience money, which I would assume is detached, abundant, light, peaceful, you know, expansive, fun, exciting, playful, enjoyable. And so then as we start to figure out these, like, I feel like you don't respect me. Okay, great. What don't I respect? Right. And this could go back to just like starting to track your money. Mm. Right. That is being very respectful of money. That is being a good steward of money. That's how you make more money is by consciously tapping into it, managing it and being safe with it. Because money is like money is the, um, the sensation of being provided for. Like no matter what, you're always good. You're always taken care of. You're safe. I've got you. That is the energy of money. And so how can you start to controlling? That's a big one. Um, how can you start to dive into that and really figure out where that comes from? Like when it came up for me is I'm never enough for you. I was like, holy shit, that's a big one. You know, that's big because then the energetic signature of that, the focus, the underlying focus of that is lack. And it was something I didn't even realize I had because I was like, I'm fucking killing it, you know, <laughs> but then when you tap into it and you're like, mm, wait a second, then you can start to understand, like you can do your deep work. Where does that come from? What mm -hmm. am I scared of? What am I afraid that, what am I afraid will happen? Someone had said earlier um, in one of the comments, I'm afraid if I pay myself, then everything will fail. And I won't have, I won't be able to pay for all the other things, but it's in those moments that you have to consciously challenge that. Like, is that actually true? If I take care of myself and actually do what is necessary to be able to pay myself, will everything fail or will I actually feel energized and supported by my business and therefore make me want to grow even more? Mm. And so I know that for a lot of us, um, this is the most uncomfortable work because it goes to some deep, deep, deep core wounds, right? There's a lot of shame around money. How many of us were ever told, you know, don't talk, don't ask them what they make. Don't ask them how much their house is. Don't tell them, you know, this, that, or everything. Don't talk about money. We can't afford that. 
you know, like all these things, we were just conditioned with like disempowerment around money. And so understanding that stuff so that we can heal it, well, feel it first, then heal it and then release it. That is some of the biggest work you could do in this space as an entrepreneur. I love that. It's so powerful. Did anyone else just feel that and feel like that's something that they need to really understand? And I love what Jill was saying about that better understanding because I feel like so many of us sometimes bury our head in the sand and don't want to know where our money actually is. And then that makes it really hard because, of course, it's then controlling you or you're feeling confused or anything mm-hmm. like that with that relationship because if you don't understand what's happening with it, how how can you have that mindset where there is enough and, you know, that abundant and that peaceful and that calm relationship with money if you don't actually know what's happening with it all? 